<laughs> I want to say to everybody out there in Facebook land, welcome to Zenergy, your interactive podcast, providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashe. I am your catalyst, your conduit, and your coach to that better life. Um, a coach draws out hidden potential in a subject, a catalyst sparks change, and a conduit provides a connection. And so I am here with comedian Stacey Anderson. So say hi to everybody. Hello, can everybody. Happy Saturday. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you picked from the list of topics on my website, you picked decisiveness. So why, why did that stand out to you? I have never been questioned on that topic. And I was like, that might be a good one for me, especially in these days right now. It seems like it's a good time to go into that kind of that topic of questions. Why not? This is a perfect time, in my opinion. So we'll see. <laughs> OK, well, I'm going to tell uh, the people how I met you. Um, it might have been two years ago, at least a year and a half ago that yes. I was invited to do um, a show on the South Side. And I think it was Club 333. And I, I was the only so. on that show. And uh, it was, you were actually the headliner. So I was the first person to go. And then there were several other comics. I, I remember Mayim being there. Um, I remember Brady Bob showing up, but he didn't perform. Um, and I can't remember all the other people who were on that show. And then you came up and you were so hilarious. You just had me laughing <laughs> so hard. Do you remember Thank that show? You. <laughs> I do. I do. That was Kitty Coach show. Um, yes. yes, there was a bunch of people that kind of popped in. And then it turned into like a like a forum. We was joking with the audience. It was a good time. You were the only poet and you did your thing. And, you know, that was just a interesting, eclectic group of talent there, or at least the topic, the content, a group of, uh, of content from each artist. It was interesting. So, yeah, that was a good time. Awesome. Awesome. So um, we're definitely going to talk about decision making, but I was just curious, you know, how did you decide to go into comedy like what what was that thought process with that um well when it came to comedy i just was always witty so it seemed like that would make sense i was always witty that was it like i always um as opposed to fighting or arguing with people it seemed like I would be funny first. So it fit. It was comfortable. It was just how I, I lived anyway within my life. You know, you knew, oh, she's funny. She's silly like that. So when I moved to Houston, I got on the stage for the first time. I left New York, came to Houston, and this is where I got on the stage for the first time, which people usually don't do it that way. They usually leave from here and go to a metropolis, you know, a, a big city for comedy or whatever, LA, New York. You don't leave one of those areas and come here to start. So I did it backwards, but hey, you do what you do when you do it. You know what I'm saying? That's just how that goes. Well, awesome. And, you know, I love... Uh 
female comics, you know, because it seems like there's fewer of you than the male comics. But to me, I just love you guys because I think you're just so unique. You know, everyone is unique. You have your own topics, your own style. So, you know, I always love when I know that a, a female comic is going to be on the on the comedy agenda because I think you just bring so much life experience, you know, to the comedy and it's 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 a different type to me it's just like a different like a i don't want to say a higher level but i guess it's more relatable to me i guess that's the best mm. way i could put it it's more relatable to me than some of the some of the other comics that i've seen that are male comics you know so i always appreciate the female comics so yeah I'm glad to be in that category because there is, it does seem to be a, a smaller category and there might be a lot more female comics, but you don't see them, you know, because we don't get rotated around or we're not, we're just hidden. It's like we're hidden gems and, mm-hmm. and like not for nothing, men are black and white in my opinion. Like if you're driving with a man and someone cuts him off and he's mad about it, he's going to he's angry and he's going to respond. Whereas a woman, in my opinion, will see gray matter. Like, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to just let him go. Why? Because I could crash the car. I could hurt myself. Uh, I, you know, it, I could get pulled over. This dude might have a gun. Stuff like that. We think of all that. So when it comes to comedy, we bring that kind of thought processes to the stage. And men, not that they're not funny, obviously they are, but they don't have the same level or um, I guess catalog of topics because as a, we're coming from a female experience plus we talk too much we overthink everything so to actually <laughs> to our detriment or to our blessing whichever you know men probably say detriment like stop talking but you never know we we got so much to say on everything it's you can sit and listen to get the opportunity to be on that platform, like our male counterparts, you know what I'm saying? That's why I think we're such a breath of fresh air and everyone could relate to us, you know, everyone, because we're human first and foremost, right? I agree. Yes. I I like that you said that. You said women have this, you know, they don't just see things in black and white, they see the gray area and that we talk a lot and that we're accused of overthinking. I'm a Virgo. So they say we overthink everything. They say that we analyze everything. Uh, mm. I have been accused of that. I've actually had guys say, I don't want to date you because you think too much. You know, you always think it, um, which I think is crazy. Um, so you don't want somebody that thinks? Oh, well. Okay. Right. Then Obviously not me. You know, so. Right. And what it would t- it's obvious that a guy would say that, right? Because they only think black and white. It's either you talk too much or you don't talk at all. And they prefer you not to talk. Right? Really? Really? You just want to hear hear yourself and then they don't got nothing to say when you do be quiet like okay i'll wait they don't got nothing so yeah you know what i'm saying and yeah that's a woman point blank period because i'm a tourist and i heard i talk too much all the time i had one guy a comedian a comedian who i respect a lot when i was single he was like "Uh, you just too smart for these guys and i was like well i'm straight so i only like guys and if i'm too smart for guys then you're telling me that y'all are dumb and I don't appreciate that. And I don't believe that. Okay. So maybe you're, I'm too smart for you and I'm not even interested in you. Thank goodness for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to believe I need to dummy myself down 
because I'm too smart for guys. I only like guys. You know what I'm saying? So I have right. to like keep up the fight. <laughs> I'm not gonna give up. But You're not the only one that's been told that. I was told that I'm too deep. I'm too intellectual. Yeah, I've been told that too. And and I again I said, well, I told the person, I said, well, I'm a sapiosexual, you know. So if you can't have a conversation and we can't talk about different topics, then you can't even like interest me. You know, because <laughs> so, I just won't even be like I could look at you and think, oh, you're pretty, you're beautiful, you're handsome, but that it won't go to the attraction mm. because there's nothing there beyond just the physical, mm. you know, the physical outer person I, I need some inner person going on there so that's interesting that we have different signs you know you're a Taurus I'm a Virgo different professions in the artistic world you're a comic I'm a poet but we've had those similar criticisms of us as uh women as single yeah. women you were single I'm still single we've had those that's very <laughs> interesting we had the same thing I didn't know that we had that in common you know probably lots right. of women out that experience <laughs> that part that part i think it is a common thread for all i wonder i mean this is totally off topic but i wonder if um lesbian women have probably don't because they're both women Right. Yeah. I was a woman going to tell a woman you talk too much or you think too much or you're too deep i bet they both have that in common that's probably nice. <laughs> that probably is nice. But just like you, I'm not attracted in that manner. Yeah. You know, I actually tried. I have a poem about getting so frustrated with men that I looked at women and I tried to be attracted to them. Like, was, you know, but it just didn't work. You can't try to be attracted to somebody. You just either are or you're not. You know, so right. it's like I, I just didn't know it wasn't there. I couldn't do it. Right. I just so, don't like boobies. Like, I'm just not going to try to like boobies. I mean, there's some chunky men out there who kind of have boobies, but it's not the same. And it's just like, that, that's it. I, I i love everybody. There's some beautiful women oh, out yes. there. Yes. And it's like, I just don't like boobies. I can't get over it. Like, that's my issue, so I'm sorry. I got you. <laughs> I, I got you. Like, that's it. It's funny, though. But it's good to know. Deciding. Decide. Right. I'm not indecisive when it comes to that situation. Yeah, I was. That was an easy decision to make. OK, let me see yeah. if I can be attracted. Nope. Can't be attracted. OK, don't ever have to go down that path again. That thought process is closed. Door closed. Figured it out. Move box on. Checked. All right. We checked that <laughs> box. Not going back. Yep, exactly. So going back to our topic today. Do you feel like you are decisive? Do you feel like it's easy for you to make decisions and you don't struggle with it a lot? Or do you feel on some topics you're decisive and on other topics you struggle? Um, I definitely, I need to take a step back. Most, I'm a spur of the moment type of person. I have been, you know, most of my life until I have my son. But even still, you know, it's just how I am. And so I really don't need a lot of time to make a decision because I just make them. And I'm old enough to know that I'm not going to put myself in a risky spur the moment decision. Like, I, I'm glad I know me that well. Um, but when it is something that I have to really ponder on, sit and kind of think about, I need a little time. Mm -hmm. Like that whole hurry up we got right now, hurry up and make this decision. I can't I can't move in that. You know, I need a little time. And then I could come back. But for the most part, I trust my decision-making skills and I'm spurred a moment. So I, it's really not on my mind 
for long. I just be like, that sounds, let's do it. Yep, that was, gr- I want to do that. Whatever it is. If you're like, let's go to Colorado real quick. If I got the money and I'm off, yeah, let's go. Like, I don't need to think of, no- I'm not going to burden myself with too much thoughts because this seems fun. So let's go. That's me for the most part. <laughs> That's good. You know, I've heard that if you do know yourself, that you tend to trust your gut a lot and you tend to make those what they call blink decisions. And mm-hmm. I actually read a book called Blink, and it was about how people needed to trust their blink decisions more because they had done like these studies where they had looked at the people who made these blink decisions, like like you said, that spur of the moment decision or the people who deliberated about it. And how did they feel afterwards that they feel like they made a good decision? And the people who made the blink decisions a lot of times felt more confident and felt they just were more aligned. You know what I'm saying? There's and the no people yeah, they sat there and pondered it. They didn't end up being any happier or more satisfied. So the whole the whole book was basically about giving yourself the permission to realize that you have, we don't realize how much we're processing. Like when you get a situation, it doesn't take your brain, your gut, your heart a long time to process all of the, the factors because our brain process is at lightning speed. You know, we don't even understand all the stuff that's going in. Um, and the stuff that we're sifted in our head without even thinking about it. And then we get this gut feeling, you know, we, we really have actually sifted through like our impressions of that person thinking through enlightening speed, like pros and cons and all that stuff. And then we came to a conclusion. So a lot of times, you know, we don't need all that time to process. Sometimes we do, but a lot of times it's okay if we just go with that blink decision. You know? Like they say, go with your first mind. That mm-hmm. is the best one. Because when you ponder it, I, I, the one thing I don't like to do, which I have done to know that I don't like to do it, is think hard on something so much because I can do pros and cons and I can come up with the same amount of reasons as to why, as to why not. You know what I'm saying? Because I can do that. I lived in a, I, I, I lived with a lot of people growing up because of just how I lived. So you have to learn how to be on any side for the most part. And I learned how to do that. So sometimes when I, when I do that, I don't, I still don't know which way to go after all that thinking. Right. So then what you do, you take it to an unbiased person, someone who ain't in your opinion on that. And then they come up with an issue that you ain't even thought about. Now, now you got that problem. You know, like, I ain't even think of that. I didn't even, I had to, I didn't even think, now I'm worried. You know what I'm saying? Forget it. I don't even want to do it. Now. You know what I'm saying? So I had to stop that. I had to stop doing that. I had to stop thinking, whatever my decision is, you look weird. I had to get rid of that. So what? I'm doing it, though. They're wishing they looked weird. They wish they were in my spot because they're not doing it. Whoever you think it thinks you look weird because that's all in your head, you know? So I had to get rid of those. I had to get rid of all those bad negative thoughts and just be spur of the moment. Spur of the moment, nothing could get in there because all you're thinking is what you're thinking and it's to do what you're thinking. That's it. You ain't got no negative thoughts. You ain't got no nothing, no no's. You just got, let's go. And this is it's your first mind. And I've been so many times that I can honestly say that's the best way to go. I mean, you could think after you decided, like, like, should I go out of town? You know, should I go out of town next week? 
I'm gonna go out of town next week. You decide you're gonna go out of town. I'm doing it. I already said I'm doing it. I'm I, I pay. Now I can think about it. Like, what do I want to wear? <laughs> What's my jewelry? Let me see what restaurants is it, you know, because then it's positive thoughts still not stopping me from making that movement. Now I'm in it, you know, so I'm prepping for being in it. But yeah, I'm just spur the moment. It's much more fun and free. You you don't have no expectation. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. Um, I I finished reading maybe about a month ago this book called The Five Second Rule. And it's it's about how when you have a choice to move forward, you have about five seconds before your mind starts to talk you out of it because mm-hmm. your mind wants to stay in the comfort zone and <laughs> that you can kind of count back like five, four, three, two, one, and then make yourself do it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you'll start thinking of all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And one of the stories is Black History Month. One of the stories that she mentioned was how they had interviewed people after the fact and asked them about decisions that they made and how they felt about it. And so they interviewed Rosa Parks and uh, they were saying, well, at the time, were you thinking about all of the things that could happen to you and you might get death threats and you might whatever. And she said, I thought I was tired and I made the decision I wasn't getting up. And she was like, if I had thought about all that stuff, I might not have made that decision. But in the moment I decided I'm not getting up. I'm already where I'm supposed to be. I'm in the colored section. You know, I have a right to be here. I am not going to give up this seat just because this man tells me I need to. And whatever happens, happens. And I don't care. And then they talked to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And they were asking him about, you know, his whole role in the civil rights movement. And he said, you know, if they had told me that they were going to nominate me to lead the Southern um, Conference, you know, to be the the leader of this whole movement. He said, if I had thought about it, I probably would have said no. But they they just did it at the spur of the moment. And I just said yes, because I could do it. I could do it. And so why not do it? But I didn't think about all of the stuff that would happen. He was like, I'm glad that they just asked me on the spur of the moment. I'm glad Mm -hmm. that they didn't ask me ahead of time because I probably Mm would have said no. If I had to talk to my wife beforehand, if I had to think about all the risks beforehand, he was like, you know, so sometimes doors open and you just walk through them. You're just decisive in the moment. You feel you should do it and you do it. And, you know, and I think that's why that trust in your gut is so important, because think about where we would be if those two people hadn't been decisive in that moment. Yes. Well, you're right. You're right. And the well, I can't say for uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but I know what I, I read about some things about um, what Rosa Parks had done. There were women or uh, well, they were women, not men, because I guess I won't say one that the men were treated worse than women or nothing like that because they were black. Right. But in those days, there was another young lady actually who had done the same thing that Rosa Parks had done, but she was pregnant and I think she was 15. And they didn't want to, that was a bad look. So, yeah. I mean, we were the Bible. I don't know if you you know the Bible, but we're in the Bible belt. A lot of people read it. Whether It doesn't matter which direction you go. You know what I'm saying? But right. the right. Bible said we stiff-necked. So if Rosa wouldn't have sat down, it would have been Miss Bertha. If it wasn't Miss Bertha, it would have been Mar. You know what I'm saying? Miss Martha, you know? And 
Mr. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, now he went with his gut. He was 26 years old, I believe, right? He was so young. Wasn't he young? I, I could be he wrong with young. that. Yeah. He was young. Think of the 26-year-olds today. Woo! And then Dr. Martin Luther King lost his life. But, right. and so no one wants to be a martyr. And I know he wouldn't. I know his wife would have been like, Martin, no. You got kids. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. would she have been wrong? No, she would not have been wrong. And him looking at the safety of it would not have been wrong. But he went with his first mind and look at his legacy now. You know, I hope he could see it. I hope he could see it. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't always have the, it's always an experience. I could say that. When you go with your gut, when you spur the moment, you're going to have an experience for sure. And you didn't expect it because you didn't expect nothing. You know, so that's I sure. agree. I agree. So do you think you've gotten better at making decisions as you've gotten older? Uh, I know they've changed. They've changed. Like my mind has changed. That's gotten older. I don't do the same, like going, okay, this used to be something I would always do. No matter what I had done it enough times to not even have to second guess it. Whenever I would go out of state, I want to go to the hood because I was a avid weed smoker and I want to go, mm-hmm, I want to go, where's the hood? Because I know it's there. And I know there's some dudes there. I'm young. I'm teenage. Okay. I know there's some dudes there and I'm going to be entertained. I want to hear the music, nothing sexual or nothing like that. I just like to be in it. Like, you know, I don't want to be the one doing it. Ah, let's dance. I don't dance. I don't rap. I just like to observe. I love to be around it. And I lived in Minnesota for 10 years. I lived in New York. I lived in Ohio. Where I went to Chicago. Wherever I went, I wanted to go to the hood. And it would usually be with my friends. You know what I'm saying? My friends, because we all thought, that's a great idea. Let's go. <laughs> We always thought it was a great idea. You know, say birds of a feather. But now that as I'm older, I ain't going to nobody's hood. I don't want to see no young boys with no green. Are you kidding me? They probably kill and shoot. And I don't want to be around all that. You know what I'm saying? But I still, it'll be a different idea of something to do that's more age appropriate or age experience appropriate. But I'm still spurred the moment. Let's go. I'm down. Like, I'm just that way. But I, I, I think it hasn't gotten better. It's changed. You know what I'm saying? My choices haven't gotten better. They've changed. They've much guess better in that sense. Because going to hang out with the hood dudes, you could die. Okay? That the bullets ain't got no name on them. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, ah, caution to the wind. Now, of course, I have a child. You know, I have I'm older, I have acquired more things. I do comedy, you know, I'm I'm a brand. I'm not really trying to put myself where harm is actually gonna be. Not that it might happen, like that's exactly that that's where harm lives right there. yeah <laughs> i don't want to go there i'm good i'm all right so it's changed so it seems like you have a lot of peace with the decisions you've made in the past and you were okay that's where i was at that moment are there any decisions that you felt were bad that you feel like you learned from yes yes so um i'm very candid about it i don't hide or nothing like that i'm a mom but my mom hood came from, uh, I was um, violated, right? I was violated. My son is excellent. He's brilliant, you know? Uh, however, I should have never entertained that personality. I should have been, 
I can't say I shouldn't have entertained that personality. I should have been more cautious with my time. That's what I should have done. Because I'm so happy and jovial. Like, I always got to smile. Hey, hi. I don't meet no strangers. I And then I, um, I've moved around a lot. So I've always met new, learned to not judge people according to what society may say about that look of a person. So I was I was that way and that that changed my entire life actually. So that was a bad but I, obviously I've been living that way. I have been living that way, reckless, you know what I'm saying? I, I looking back on it like I've never checked nobody. I just assumed our conversation told me enough about you, judge you. And that is naivety to the utmost extent, you know, that's something no parent wants to hear from their child, you know what I mean? And, but it had never harmed me before. So I just, I lived that way until I, until a, a situation took place where now I, I have to look, you know, and now I have a child. So he's the ultimate cock block. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't got to worry <laughs> about entertaining the wrong person. And then God gave me a do like, here you go. Now, you, you know, he gave me a guy. He's like, yeah, you ain't even got to, you have you're bad at this, so let me just give you someone and just stay focused on that. You know what I mean? So, but that is the only awful decision that I could say really, really changed my life. But God is good and still in control, and you can be blessed in your pain. You know, you can still be blessed. You know, and the blessing far outweighs the pain, even though that you would never want the pain part to repeat. But the blessing that you got from it, you're grateful for. And I, that's what I could focus because I prayed on that. To be pregnant with some with the child that took place from being violated, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's the worst nine months of your life. Uh, you're praying, I don't know this person. Well, you know, I'm smart. I was 35. Okay. So it's like I, I have a college degree. I do I know psychology. I, I'm I'm in the medical field. So I know genes. What is passing to my child? What is this baby gonna look like? Am I gonna see my violator every day? Am I gonna be able to love this child? You know, I was a lot it was a lot and I was talking to God and my baby's my identical twin, hallelujah. Okay, my identical twin. Easy to love your own face, ain't it? And I don't even think about I don't even think about that horror that took place prior, you know? So, and this sounds horrible, but I did go to the abortion clinic. I sure did. Even though I believed in God and I, I and I called my best friend, shout out to Nietzsche Miss already. I called her and she was like, I, she party animal, you understand? And she gave me, I think God gave her the words to give to me. And she was like, don't do this. First off, I couldn't afford it anyway. And neither could the violator. Okay. And so that was one thing. And then she was like, I don't think you would be, I don't think you would be happy because at the time I was really into religion. And mm. she was like, I think it would be the worst decision of your life if you could afford it. Cause I don't got no money for you either. But <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, you have to find a way <laughs> to make light at the time. But yeah, best is to, to, to be broke was the best thing for, at the time, because I have a blessing here. You know, my son is brilliant, genius. I couldn't imagine my life without him. So, but still, yeah, that would be the one. So, mm -hmm. okay. Well, children are a blessing, and and having children is definitely life changing. Definitely life changing. Having grandchildren is life changing. You haven't gotten to that point yet, but I have. Um, and, <laughs> 
you know, wow, <laughs> that's just like a whole another topic. It's like how your life changes after children and, and then how your life changes after trauma. I think, you know, one of the decisions that many women have to make is what do you do after a trauma? And how do you heal after a trauma? And how do you not let that trauma define you and 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 kind of bring you into a place where you're um, overshadowed constantly by that trauma? You know, because I've been raped, so I know how that it can change. Well, it does change everything, but you can heal and you can mm-hmm change your perspective, you know, so I went through counseling because of that. Um, and, and it is definitely a decision process to heal and say, okay, I am going to get past this and I'm going to, um, do the work, you know, because it's, you know, I heard somebody say it might've been Will Smith or somebody, they said, um, it wasn't your fault in a sense, because that person did what they did but it is your responsibility to deal with the after effects on you. And, you know, they may never take any ownership of what they did. They may never uh, apologize or there may never be any closure from their end, but taking that responsibility to heal, you know, that's something I, I am very serious about people healing, you know, and that's, that's my whole brand in a sense is uh, trying to bring people, um, you know, to get Zen, to bring people peace, to bring people healing. You know, that's my whole brand. So I've been through sexual abuse, you know, as a child and as an adult, and then, mm-hmm. you know, physical abuse and and then just, okay, here's my part in it. Here's the decisions I'm going to make because of that. And here's the decision to heal. And this is what I'm going to do because of that. You know, so it, it's a process. It's definitely a process. It is definitely a process. And um, in the beginning, you don't know which way to go with that. And have a secret. You can't keep stuff like that bottled in. It will eat you up. So when you tell somebody as a way of just getting it out, everybody wants to help you. And sometimes, like... They don't know what to say, and they kind of put you in a place of victim. What did you do? Oh, no. You know, and then they come from the right spot, but you don't want to live where they're trying to put you because yeah. you're not trying to have multiple personality order because you splinter yeah. the victim off. Yeah. And then you're somebody else over here, and then this person is still here, and that person's going to creep into you. It's not going to work well. You have to deal with the whole thing. And I had to deal. I said, I'm not a victim. I will not claim victim because you're not going to have control over me. That situation happened. Okay, you got the best of me. That was my bad. I slipped. But it took me a minute to get to that point. My bad. I slipped. My bad. Even though you attacked me. My bad. That's growth. That's maturity. That's stepping back and being objective, not subjective. Take emotions out. Where, where do you, where's your fault? If you want to say that, because that sounds so insensitive. But where's your fault in your trauma? Step back and relook at this. Where did you mess up? Okay, it's like military. Now you have. Now you know where to put the barracks up at. Don't don't step back into that. Learn from this. Don't go. Don't go that way again. And, you know, don't hate that face again. Don't hate that door because everybody is not the same. And 
that's not who that person is as a whole. Don't hate them. Just don't interact with them. That's fine. You don't have to, you know, and that helped me heal. I never claimed victim. People hate it. I took it straight to the stage. I did. And people, I got the Corey Holcomb response. Because mm. I don't know if you know Corey Holcomb, comedian Corey Holcomb. He's very uh, shock comedy. And you don't, you usually don't laugh at his show. It's usually, oh, and he's okay with that. You know what I'm saying? He's okay with that response. So when I started telling, you know, to get it off, to, to heal, I made up a set about my what, atta- what happened to me. And people was like, ooh, they didn't know how to take it. And I had to say, it's okay, this is how I heal. And they were able to receive it. And I, then I came with the funny, so they didn't take it. So they wanted to feel so horrible for me. But then I punched them in the gut with it. And they're like, <laughs> I can't message you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you my truth. And mm-hmm. it, it, it heals me also. Like, you need to get it off your chest. But you need to... You have to take on that responsibility, like you said, on yourself. You have to see what you can see and fix what you can fix, you know, and let it go. Let go and let God literally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and see yourself beyond it. And and I took mine to the stage, too. You know, I have poems about um, about all the experiences I've had generally. But, yeah, I have poems about that. Um, and just about the whole process of moving through that and getting to the other side of that and uh, realizing the strength that I have inside and the people that I have around me that are also a support system. You know, so I think it's very powerful. We have so much power within us to just move forward and and overcome. And, and I do believe, like I said, it starts with a decision. It starts with a decision to to do that, to move forward and to heal. And so, you know, I'm glad, you know, I always feel like when artists take their pain to the stage, it's not just for them, it's for the audience too. um, Because you give permission to people in the audience to deal with their issues. Um, Now, speaking of being stuck, because at the beginning, everybody, whenever you have a decision or whenever you have a trauma, there is that feeling of, of being stuck. And some people call that decision paralysis. You don't know what to do. You feel stuck. You know, have you ever felt that kind of decision paralysis and how did you kind of move out of it? I think you said that you talked to a friend of yours. Yes, I did speak to a friend of mine on that situation, um, but I don't usually have um, paralysis. I was trying to look because I wrote this down. What question was that? You remember which number that was? It was like number nine. That's <laughs> we're all the way to the bottom. Oh, okay. So I said no. I don't usually have paralysis. This is what I wrote. I talk too much, but I usually have decision confusion. Mm. Decision confusion. I don't know. I could come up with good two good reasons, a good reason to go this way and a great reason to not go that way and to just go a whole nother direction. So I'm confused at which one is best. That's it. I could just talk and talk and come up with stuff. But in that instance, that situation, I thought I was, I, I, I was at, I was at the same spot. I had, I had a decision. I was at the abortion clinic. You know what I'm saying? I could have set up anything. You know what I'm saying? I called my friend. And she gave me another thought. Like, no, 
stay pregnant, girl. What? You know what I'm saying? I didn't even think of that. I'm about to take him to court and empty his pockets. Like, I, I'm here. I wasn't asking you, should I not do this? I was saying, how should I go about it? You know what I'm saying? I had enough answers in my head. And she was like, girl, did you? No, God, hello. Did you forget? You're going to feel like crap. You're going to feel horrible. This is, you're, you're acting split right now. A split, spurred a moment decision-making, gave me a bunch of decisions, but I was confused in which direction to go. So I have confusion, no paralysis. I have decision confusion. That be it. It's just like a jigsaw puzzle of answers. And I don't know which way, which one should I do? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's it. You know, a lot of people have what they call decision paralysis. You know, they did a, they've done lots of research on it, but they say that why there's such a problem with online dating hmm. is that if you give the average person four choices, four, one, two, three, four, only 8% of the population can make a choice and feel good about their choice. When you go online to a dating site, you have much more than four choices. So most people that go onto a dating site don't actually connect and make a relationship with any of the people on there. So it's like you have like an 8% chance of, of making a connection on there because our brains, the more choices we have, the harder it is to make a decision Absolutely. that we feel comfortable with because we keep second guessing ourselves. And, um, that's why sometimes it's, it's not good to sit with a decision to come up with all the different scenarios because you make it harder to make a choice. You make it harder on yourself. And that's funny because I work in a medical field. I work with mentally, physically disabled adults. I have worked with mentally and physically disabled adults. And they tell us to help them to be able to make their own decisions because we're trying to teach them progression and independence and all that stuff. Let them choose their own outfit. But out of everything in their closet, give them three choices. That's yeah. it. So you lie. You can choose yeah. anything out of these three because it's too much to handle. Right. You know, it is way too much to handle. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah. That that's what the science says that beyond four, we have a big difficulty. Um feeling comfortable with, with our decisions. And so people get what they call decision paralysis and they just choose not to make a choice. They just choose to exit the site or whatever, just mm. go on to something else because they can't make a choice, you know? Oh, wow. And so that, that's very interesting that, that that happens to people, you know? And, and you know, I, I kind of stopped doing online dating when I found out about that, <laughs> about that research. Mm. That wasn't the only reason I kind of got catfished too, but, but uh, yeah, oh. it was very interesting. Yeah, which I don't know what decision process going goes into catfishing people like they're not gonna find out. So sometimes people I don't make bad decisions, you know. Like I think cat people are bored. I people think are bored. bored. They I gotta you. be, and they like drama because you know you about to go let them meet you, and you know you know that is not you that they about right. to see, and right. you still showing up like. Either you have body dysmorphia or identity problems that you think you are that person and you forgot what you look like. Did you forget what your avatar says? <laughs> I don't get it. I think they're they're bored and they're looking for excitement. Like, yeah, I want to go tick this person off today. You know, I don't know. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Hmm. You know, um, speaking of speaking of why people do what they do, you know, when it comes to decision making, 
I decided on some things like, for example, I decided I was going to have a peaceful life, period, point blank. A lot of people say, okay, I've decided certain people are not going to be a part of my life. Certain people are not going to be a part of my circle. When you get to January, people are always like, I decided that I'm leaving behind all of these people that bring drama. You know, so I do think that people need to make decisions about who that they have in their life and what they have in their life, because I think that's really important. Um, Now, they say about artists, I don't know, I've heard this about comics too. They say that some artists are very toxic. Um, Mm. And I don't know why they say that about artists and not about people in general, but when it comes to like your circle, you know, Uh have you had to make decisions about the people that you feel like you're going to have close to you or the people, you know, that, that whole thing? Yes. I am a social loner. Mm -hmm. I am a social loner. I have been accused of being a bad friend when it comes to reaching back out because I, I enjoy my peace so much and, oh, and I enjoy my own, um, I being around myself, you know, I just enjoy it. And that sounds so terrible, but it's true because I can control everything that I do for myself. You know, I do from time to time want to hang out with my friends and they're all comics for the most part because I'm, I'm not from here. Um, so most of my friends, if I want to hang out, I will go to my comics, you know, my friends in that. Um, but that's just for fun. I don't call them for anything of importance just because I'm not that person. I'm a social loner. I, how to be comfortable in that you know unless it's an emergency other than that between god and myself we got it i'll get it you know um but for the most part that's it i I get overwhelmed so easily and i don't get nothing so some my group of friends in my opinion which are all comics they're going to be throwing com jokes left and right and girl when i say go over my head people like how are you a comedian and you and I, I look at it absolutely. I don't think like, oh, you're being facetious. You're being funny. I'm like, really? Like every time. <laughs> I am the one to get. If you want to prank somebody or trick somebody, I'm the person. And I'm I don't want to be. <laughs> so I just stay away. I will visit you. I will visit you online. I might come and check you at a show, but I ain't gonna call you just for a day of going to Target because I know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna overwhelm me. I feel it. I feel it in my band, and that's wrong because that's not necessarily true. I told myself this year now that COVID done hit and it basically forced me to be how I am anyway. But I don't like it that you are forcing me to be this way. Things like I'm not controlling being this way and I don't like it. So now I'm like, I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go do comics gone skating, comics gone fishing. Shout out to Cliff too, because he started that. Comedians gone fishing type thing. I don't fish. I'm from Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? I don't touch the fish, but I got a boy. I got a son. Country. He's Texas born, you know, Houston born. So I'm like, I got to let these experiences happen for my child because the opportunities here and to get out of my lonerness, you know what I'm saying? It, my real self does not match what people see from what I've experienced. And it's girl, if you don't, let's line them up. Don't, I, I still protect my peace though. 
But, you know, I'm trying to be more out there. Because COVID made me realize it. This COVID has some good, not a lot, but a couple. <laughs> so, Yeah, COVID did have some eye-opening surprises for some people when they had to really think about, man, how am I spending my time? Man, I, mm. I, I must have been at the bar all the time because it seems like I got nothing to do if I can't go to the bar. You know, I mean, there were people who really did have to reevaluate what they were doing because now all of a sudden that they can't go anywhere, they realize I have no hobbies. I have mm. no, no friends. I'm not calling anybody. I'm not FaceTiming anybody. Oh my gosh. You know, I thought I had friends cause we were at the bar every Friday night or Wednesday night or Tuesday, taco Tuesday, whatever, you know? <clears throat> so I think that the good thing about COVID is that a lot of people made decisions to change their lives you know, they said that gardening went up like hundreds of percent, you know, people working on like home improvement projects that they put off forever, people reading mm -hmm. books, you know, people pulling um, some project off the shelf that they hadn't done in forever. So people did a lot of investing in themselves and, and even investing in relationships that they had kind of let uh, be abandoned or be like not really put time and energy into. So. Yeah. People playing with their kids. You ain't playing with your kids in years. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Why you can you can you know how to tie your shoes? Who taught you that? You know what I'm saying? You ain't you just used to get up and sit them to school, come home, make them dinner, and sit them to bed. Now they got personalities. Who are you? <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of positive, uh, negative, but a lot of positive things. And yeah, that's true. A lot of people felt guilt behind that, though. Did you see that? A lot of people felt so guilty because they felt like, I don't do nothing. And then people were putting on you, during this COVID, you should be able to start a business. And you should be able to, and people was like, well, I don't know what to think about. What am I going to start a business on? Like, they realized they don't know how to critically think for themselves. They know how to judge thoughts that's given them. But they don't, mm -hmm. we don't know how to come up with our, our own organic thought. Like, what business you want? Uh... I don't know. You tell me one and I'll tell you if I do it. Like, no, what do you, what, you know, those kind of conversations started happening. It was great. Right. It was interesting. So we needed that downtime to kind of, I guess, get back to the foundation. And now it's going to be interesting to see how we go forward. You know, we're still in the COVID, but they're coming up with, <laughs> it's annoying, but they're coming up with options. You know, now you can get tested. Now you can get vaccinated. Now you can, you know, you know how to keep yourself safe for the most part because it worked right. until vaccinations. So it's like we have more choices and hope, prayfully, people will be able to allow the world to progress safely with that information and due diligence. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe that's going to happen. I'm excited for and speaking of that pressure that some people felt, you should be starting a business. You should be. There were some people that came back on the other side and said, no, what you should be doing is doing whatever it takes to deal with what you're going through. Because some people were losing family members and friends. Some people were dealing with the sickness themselves. Some people, you know, had lost a job. There was a lot of emotional stuff going on. And even just the whole disruption of normality. We oh. all went through an unprecedented situation. We went through a civil rights movement, Trump, all right, mm -hmm. and the whole white power, white nationalists, all that stuff. 
plus COVID, plus the loss of jobs and all the economic disruption that happened. That's literally four things at once. No one in history has gone through that at one time. Mm-hmm. And the fact yep. that we are all here and all sane, we should all pat ourselves on the back just for that. Even if you didn't yeah. do anything else, but just get through that last eight or nine months and be Maybe sane and, and yes. not, not hurt anybody yeah. and not hurt yourself. Right. You know, so- that's so facts, yeah, yeah. That that is true. You definitely, and it makes me think of that. Okay, I might not be as sane as you think, but thank you for giving me that. <laughs> but I was looking at Chris. Uh, no, 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 Dave Chappelle during the vid, uh, the yeah. height of right. it. He he had or right before it, he had a he had a video on Netflix come out called The Year of Spin or The Age of Spin. Mm. And this this is exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about how when he was just spacecraft or whatever it was called, blow up. He's like, the teacher brought the big old TV in. We was all sitting there and then it blew up and the teacher was like, go home. You know, I was like, bye. Because that was shocking. He said, today's young people get shocked day after day. You got Kobe, then you got this, then you got that. And as soon as he said that, a couple months went by, Kobe died. That devastated so many people because we're huge on sports in this country, uh, in the world. But in this country, Kobe was ours. Then COVID came. Everybody was dealing with the uh, politics and and still reeling off of that. The the president and and you know that I not to jump over that because I know we're trying to wrap it up. But like with the with the whole, I wish people would relax and not get so emotionally when it comes to the politics, because I see it splintering us further. I see us doing black-white, because everybody's like Trump and white supremacy and all this stuff. And my thing is, first off, when it comes to our presidents, they do what my job told me to do with the clothes for this, my special needs clients. They give you a handful of people and tell you to choose. And then we rally behind them so tough. You don't know them. You never knew them. They gave you them and said, choose. And we get so caught up in that. It's like, no, choose for self. Stop looking to those people to do everything. Cause those people have been up there promising us the exact same thing. Uh, uh, you know, um, term after term after term. I don't want to hear those promises no more. I'm not accustomed to ever having that. And if you could keep dangling that carrot in my face, we should all be crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, we are all crazy cause we're, we're making ourselves believe it. And going out and, and really rallying behind. Nobody does anything. They have not. We should be so much further. We got a new cell phone every three months. And it's like, if you can put that much technology into that, you can get in black neighborhoods, you know, cl- classes on economics and how to, you know, build your credit and get a house. And stuff. They don't care. So it's going to be us and this whole white supremacy thing with Trump. It's, he's out of office. You know, let's move on, you know, because that's always going to be something because we're a re- reactionary. They know we're emotional people and they know that's going to trigger the heck out of us. And it does every time, every single time. And it's like we got to stop looking to them. They never loved us, liked us, enjoyed us. They enjoy making money off of us. So if we know that as in Texas, as they say, if you knew better, you do better, do better. We got to do better. And that's why I want to start coming out and hanging out with my people because I social loner. And I was like, during that whole COVID, I was like, yo, if the cops wanted to come in here and drag me out, 
They could. I, I'm a sitting duck. We don't have a community, you know, where you, I, well, I don't because I'm a social owner. So I was like, I'm going to look at things differently. I, I honestly enjoyed Trump. I did because, well, the whole tiff between Trump and Biden, not for nothing. When they stormed the Capitol, I was sitting there listening to like, man, that's not what you're supposed to do. They tearing down our Capitol. I said, do you know what kind of laws they passed in that Capitol? If you don't let these white folks fight, I'm sitting back. It's a white. Have you? I've never seen a white fight. I felt that this was the first time that white people seen what colored people experience from white folks. You know what I'm saying? They have the money to draw out anything. They have the money. These are two wealthy people going at it. Passive aggressive fighting. I've never seen it at the top tier. I've never seen it. I was uncomfortable, but I was like, I'm watching and I'm staying out the way. Black folks, melanated folks, stay out the way. Let them fight. Let always are okay. God always takes care of us. We've been through worse, seemingly. You know what I'm saying? Now it's a mental game. Sit back, be quiet, and watch. Stop getting involved. They used us as that loud mouth, cuss you out person when they want to put us on display. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, it's not acceptable. That we're just emotional. We're that way. Stay out of their stuff. Stop letting them make you fight for them. You know what I'm saying? chill we need to relax we're so stiff-necked the bible say it and i've just been sitting back watching and writing how to do better because now i know better so that's what i'm doing you know what i mean that's it making smart decisions that's what i'm doing well i like that i like that as far as i like your i like the idea of watching because sometimes you can learn a lot by watching and also looking at how did we get here writing about how did we get here and where can we go from here? Cause mm-hmm. we can't control anybody else. Uh, we can only control our decisions and, and influencing the people in our circle, influencing people that we touch. And so to try to be the best person that I can be, um, to try to influence the people in my circle so that I can make good decisions and I can be a positive influence, you know, is, is my goal definitely for 2021 and beyond. So to kind of wrap up, I wanted to ask you the last question, like what advice do you have on decision-making? Like, I know you told people to kind of go with their gut. Do you have any other advice that you think is helpful? Yes. Go with your, believe in yourself. That's the first, you know, because a lot of people are broken when they think about themselves. They don't think they're well enough. They're good enough. They don't believe in themselves because they're judging that what they see and their feelings. But trust the process. Believe in yourself and trust the process. It's not it's not going to always happen so quickly. Every experience you go through, learn from it. Write something. Don't make the same mistakes. Don't keep, don't be on the mouse on the wheel. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people, not to bring it to spirituality, but I'm a believer. I think a lot of people would make it further in their life, like make it to a further destination in their life if they didn't have to keep repeating the same mistakes Mm -hmm. because they don't trust themselves. You would have been there at some point 20 years ago, kind of like, us walking in the desert for 40 years before getting to the promised land, we would have been there had we not kept coming with the same mistakes. So we had to let those old ideas die. That was our ancestors. And then only the younger people got into the promised land because those old thoughts would have brought you around again. And I can't let those old thoughts go into the future because you're not going to make it. Trust 
your gut, believe in your, okay, not in that order, believe in yourself, trust your gut and trust the process. Let it happen. You are great. You will not put yourself in harm's way unless that's what you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Believe in yourself. <laughs> You're going to make it. You got this. You know what I mean? That's it. I agree with all those three steps. And speaking of going in circles with the whole 40 years, you know, somebody did an analysis. It was like eight miles or something like that. It was some crazy short distance. Yeah. But, you know, um, going back to that Bible story, when the spies came back and they told the people, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Mm-hmm. The people said, they are giants Mm -hmm. and we are grasshoppers in their eyes. And the whole thing was self image. As you said, believe in yourself. I believe a lot in affirmations because I believe that if you can change your self image, you expand your territory. Mm. They saw themselves as grasshoppers and they saw grasshoppers as being completely unable to go into this promised land because there were giants in the land. If they had seen themselves as giants, as equal to whatever, you know, obstacle was in front of them, they would have moved forward. But because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, they stayed put. Yes. You know, so I am always constantly trying to encourage people read books, you know, read books about people who have overcome, read books about how to make great decisions or how to improve your finances or whatever goal it is you have, get an audio book. If you don't like to read a physical book, you know, go to YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. And write it down. Yes. Back to the Bible. I I, I always, because life, a lot of stuff you can relate it back to the Bible. Back in those days, they had memory stones. To remind you of the greatness you already, or the lesson you already learned. Us as a people, we remember, we don't never remember. We always, we always remember. Like you get dressed up and go to a show and you look great. You did a big performance. Everybody loved you, but your heel broke on your shoe. Mm. And that's what you remember the most. I ain't never buying them shoes again. Them shoes broke on me. I'm always having an extra pair of shoes in my, you know what I'm saying? But you're going to remember that, you know, the negative, but you don't remember all the great stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you have to remember the great stuff. You have to write it down. You have to remember the great stuff. You have to have that written down. Remember your strength, what you overcame. Like I went from zero to 10 because I did this, that, and that. Write it down and read it again to encourage yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because some people do the daily affirmations and they mess up. They look in the mirror and they say the wrong thing. My hair is straight. You know your hair is like this. What you lying to yourself for? Put some stuff that you really did. Don't be going right. to Google and printing off some affirmations that don't bitch you, you know? Right, <laughs> Do right, your own right, thing for right. real, because you have some greatness. You have greatness, and you did something that was wonderful that you were happy about or somebody else was happy about. Write that down. It matters. It does. It really does matter. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. Daily. Yeah. You got to pick yourself up. You got to encourage yourself. Well, I'm going to share one thing real quickly. Um I I created something for, you know, my podcast and I'm going to put it on video. It's a goal setting package. It looks like this. Actually, I'm going to try to shake it down. Uh, that's a, the, the, the little business card is keeping the journal from coming down. There it goes. So this is a $15 package. You get like the journal, the stickers, 
you get some tabs, you get a motivational wristband right there. And each page has different concepts. Like I started off with abundance. This was the very beginning. And you have space to put like, okay, you have space to put pictures on there. Um, so like this one is my abundance page. I'm going to show you a completed one. So you can see I have like an ancestor on there, Langston Hughes. I have Oprah Winfrey. I have my picture. You can put goals and affirmations, a song, a movie, a book. Um, and this is my next page, which is access. So I have actually myself, because what am I going to put, you know, have access in my life. I have Queen Afua and Maya Angelou. And then I have this page, which is accountability. And I have Harriet Tubman. If she was going to hey. keep you accountable. You're going to keep on that path and she's going to shoot you. Exactly. You know, I have Eric Thomas <laughs> and I have myself, you know, this is when I first got divorced. I was really working out and, you know, mm -hmm. I was kind of in better shape. And I actually was kind of manipulating the picture because I was trying to crop it. And when I, when I actually was manipulating a girl, I got so skinny on that same picture. I was like, oh, let me put that there too. Uh, you know, that could be me at my college weight, you know? And that's the same exact picture. I just have to slide it in, you know. But anyway, um, this is something that people can get. We're talking about making decisions and trying to change your self-concept and trying to just improve your life. And this is something I, I created that I'm putting out into the world to help people with this process. But I wanted to thank you for coming on. And I want you to tell the people how they can find you. How can they follow you and find you? Yes, you can follow me on uh, Facebook, Stacy Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at Laugh with Stacy. I have my shirt. Yay, Laugh with Stacy on Instagram or Stacy Anderson. That's how you spell Stacy. Um, and I'll be in the city next week. I got a couple shows. So on Valentine's Day itself, you can catch me uh, doing the Valentine's Day battle. Rich Williams presents the Valentine's Day battle at Warehouse Live. It's going to be three women against three guys. So you really want to come out and see what we're going to talk about because it's going to be three of us women in the gray matter. We're going to come up with some stuff. We're about to mop the floor with them. Uh, then on the 15th, I believe I have a show with um, Jeff Joe um, at Axelrod and then or Axelrod, excuse me. And then on the 17th, I have a show with uh, Brady Bob at Bar 2200, I believe. And that's three of us on that show. You catch me all around Houston next week. Come on out, you know, Valentine's Day or VD Day, whichever you want, whatever happens, whatever. Either you're going to be happy or mad. <laughs> but come on out. We're going to talk about it, all right? So that's where you can find me. So I hope you follow me, um, laugh at me. I always update with some videos up there. Yeah, I never know what I'm going to post because I'm spur of the moment type of chick. So there you go. Awesome. Well, thank you for um, coming on. And of course, you can share this if you haven't already shared it to your page. And I'm going to be sharing it to my page. And you can put all those shows in the little comments so people know where to find you and everything. Um, and so they can follow you and come out to see you live. Because I'm telling you guys, she's very, very funny. Hilarious woman. You will not be sad that you came out to see her. You will be, your sides might be sad because they're hurting from, from laughing. Your face might be sad because you've been smiling too much and it's hurting. But besides those two things being sad because she made you laugh that much, you're going to have a great time. That's so. right. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, Thank you're you. welcome. So All right. Much. So we're going to sign off.
May you walk in synergy. You guys have a great day. My name is Zenai Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one, I'm going to show you mine, is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So zenergize your life with me. Thank you. Thank you.